Welcome to It's About Time Conversations with Charlize and Yolanda, where we bring our experiences and our expertise to the table to address relevant topics that impact our lives and our communities. And this is the place to be authentic, be transparent, and be inspired. And so we're really excited today about our very first podcast. Yay! <laughs> so welcome to the table. And so anybody that doesn't know me, I am Charlize Lewis. Okay, and my name is Yolanda Mason, and first of all, welcome to our show, our very first show. We're really excited today because our show is going to really center on the historical implications of the 59th presidential inauguration of the United States of America that just happened this week, and we're still feeling the excitement from that. We really just want to talk about what this transition of power means uh, for women, especially black and brown women, uh, with the swearing in of now Vice President Kamala Harris. We have with us to reflect on this historic event, three amazing women from our community. First of all, I want to introduce Joy Bolton-Berry, um, who is a community activist in Lexington, Kentucky, a realtor. Um, you know, if you need a house, she can get you together. Um, she's someone who has worked in radio media before. Um, she has incredible insight um, about the positioning of women in the beloved community. And uh, she's just an amazing resource uh, when it comes to that. Also, we have Sierra Spaulding, who is the owner of Masterpiece Creative Group and a member of Alpha, uh, Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. So she is Kamala Harris's soror, which is amazing. And then we <laughs> also have uh, Doris Coffey, who is a licensed exhorter, a published author, and an advocate for mothers against drunk driving. So, Joy, I kind of want to start with you and just talk about, first of all, just your feeling, because I think something that was really incredible about um, this past Wednesday um, and the inauguration of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris was just the feeling um, among black and brown women of seeing a woman of color um, become our vice president for the first time in history. Can you talk to us a little bit about what your just general feelings were when you saw Kamala Harris uh, being sworn in? What was that like for you? What kind of things did that invoke for you? Sure. First of all, I want to say thank you for doing this and thank you for inviting me uh, on your very first premier podcast show. Uh, all of these things are, are necessary. So let me get out of get that out of the way that I'm very proud of both of you and thank you for the invite. For me, you know, here we have the highest ranking African American woman. And of course she uh, relates or Asian and the, I call her an African American woman. And so that's how I will stand with that. Um, that it was so uh, inspirational for me. Um, I don't say, I, I don't think that I would, Say that I'm surprised at what happened. I think um, the trajectory of how Black women are going about now, you know, this was exactly what we have worked for. Um, so it was so just inspirational. I look back on my unborn granddaughter, 
uh, I look back on my nieces that can now see a visual of what we can do. Um, and that is put our minds to whatever and anything and everything is possible. So um, it was inspirational. Um, I think there was some negativity, of course, what we always go through as black women. Uh, but for the most part, I, I think it was, it was right on time. It was due. It was exactly what we worked for. Absolutely. So Sierra, as I think about uh, being a member of the Divine Nine myself, a uh, member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority, I wanna ask you a question. As a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated and as a member of the Divine Nine, what does this mean for history in terms of, of those organizations? Because I saw a picture of you and your mom and your daughter, three generations and rocking your Chucks and Pearls um, shirt. And I thought that is so awesome. So talk a little bit about what, what does this mean for those organizations and the people who have supported? I think sometimes um, people really don't see the amount of support that comes behind those organizations. Um, so first, I also want to say congratulations to the two of you for this um, huge accomplishment. And I'm so excited to be here to talk about this specific topic. Um, I think the most amazing thing, one of the most amazing things, not only, you know, do we have this black woman in such a high and esteemed office, but she represents so many things, so many organizations and so many endeavors that our community has celebrated for years. Um, however, they now are being brought to a bigger light. They're being almost put on a pedestal. So if you think about um, the fact that, you know, I think about especially being in the small town that I'm in, um, I could put on anything with my letters on it and people would look right past me. But what I noticed is over the last couple of weeks, if I choose to put on something that says Alpha Kappa Alpha, there's a second look, you know, wondering now, oh, you know, so they have a connection to it. Of course, you know, sometimes it may open up to a conversation. It, you know, has it outside of, you know, other African-American women recognizing, you know, okay, go ahead. Um, but I think it's been neat because it's been an opportunity for us to shed light on how we have always come together as a community um, and what sisterhood really means. Um, this past week has been amazing um, because we, of course, um, started off with our Founders Day on January 15th, and we literally rolled from one celebration right into the next. Um, we you know, went from January 15th to January 20th, and so not only were we celebrating with our Chucks and Pearls, but um, it was so amazing to see um, Sora Kamala looking just like a soror. You know, she had that opportunity to celebrate her line sisters. Um, there was a, a wonderful tribute that was done to her with her sorors where we got to, we were introduced to her and her, I think she has 37 line sisters or 38 of them total. And so we got to introduce, uh, be introduced to them. And it was so neat to me that we could see that same bond that I may have with my sorors, my line sisters of my initiating chapter, and now the graduate chapter that I'm a part of is something that she also is a part of, even though she was a part of Alpha Chapter all the way at Howard, um, but the bond is still the same. And so when you look at that inside of the organization itself, I just thought that that was amazing. But then even bigger than that, um, 
I felt like our Founders Days that have occurred over the last week, everybody has been celebrating, you know, in this amazing way. And everybody is celebrating everybody. You know, it wasn't just, you know, let's celebrate the AKAs, but when it was DST Founders Day, because y'all comes around first. <laughs> um, but we were able to celebrate and honor you. And then when the Zetas came around after ours, we were able to celebrate and honor them. And so um, I think we've just been able to show um, another aspect of the African-American community and how we come together in sisterhood, but then also in brotherhood as well with the members of the fraternities um, to show what these organizations are about, because ultimately they're all about service. They're all about uplifting our communities. And so it's just another way to show how, you know, there's almost these um, breadcrumbs, these seeds that are planted as a part of the beginning of our um, experiences starting in that undergrad opportunity and how it grows into something beautiful and even something as beautiful as one of our members becoming the vice president of the United States. And so we're honored. We're proud of her. Um, it's been amazing just to watch and see um, everything that's happened this past week. So I think it's awesome to see everybody celebrating one another, but even the people that were saying, I'm just moved to tears. Yes. And yes. I was like, yeah. And I thought, yes. wow, wow. Yeah. And there were I, so many tears. Oh, so, so many. many. So <laughs> many. So yes. many. And she said this quote, she said, while I may be the first woman in this office, office, I will not be the last. Because every little girl watching tonight sees that this is a country of possibilities. I thought that was an amazing statement. And so Miss Doris, as we're reflecting on the history and the making, um, I imagine that in your lifetime, you've seen a lot of historical events, even in our nation's timeline. So what does this moment mean for you? Oh, it was just so exciting. And I just, I, I could just see God in the whole thing, okay? Because but for God, this would not have happened. But when I look back at my uh, younger days, my youth days, we had no one to look up to, no person of color to look up. Actually, um, our uh, role models were the uh, black male preachers and the female school teachers. And everybody, you know, it was just be a school teacher, be a school teacher. We never dreamed that this could have happened. And just to see the opportunity that the young girls have today, that they can be anything that they choose to be. And just to have so many role models to follow today. And it was just an exciting, blessed time. I, I posted the all during the whole inauguration. So I was just delighted to see Kamala become the highest, second highest um, office in the land. It was just, it was a beautiful thing. Yeah, I think that um, the word that I kept, keep hearing everyone say is the word possibilities, right? And I think that that's the most incredible part of this whole entire thing. Um, I think that there are times in history where everyone is touched um, in such a special way. And I think that seeing the inauguration on Wednesday, I think it's something that touched everybody. Um, in fact, being on Facebook was even interesting because there were just so many reflections um, um, from people about what the day meant to them. And so it's, it's amazing to hear from uh, just really three unique perspectives 
how you all felt about that. So thank you for that. Um, so now I'm thinking um, about the young women, and we've referenced this uh, during this conversation. We've talked about uh, the young girls and the young uh, women of color in this country. Um, I think about the beautiful poet um, uh, who gave the who gave the inauguration poem and who read that and looked at her passion and her youth and all of those things. And so I'm thinking about young women in our country. And I'd really like to start with Joy, um, come back around to Joy. If you were to give a word of advice um, or a word of encouragement, Joy, to young girls in America, yeah, particularly young girls of color, but um, what would you say to them? What would you say to inspire them as you reflect on what we saw um, on the inauguration day? Yeah, the young sister Amanda Gorman uh, is absolutely uh, an, an incredible um, inspiration um, pertaining to her age, um, of her background of being in, uh, having a single mother, uh, having so much encouragement and inspiration. Um, and so for, for young people, um, again, I would still, I would say that it start to dream, you know, mm. and as um, and to parents, which I think that's where we should go with this, that um, that's what we should be doing with our children, allowing them uh, to dream about whatever they want to do. And it can't necessarily be um, always sports or entertainment. And, and I'm not trying to be rude or disrespectful because, of course, we're not a monolith. It's more to us than that. But I think sometimes when you talk to young girls or, you know, uh, hair and makeup or anything like that, I, I want to see a wide, broad range of possibilities for us and that we should introduce that to our children and allow them to figure out what they want to do and then have those conversations about not rushing to do anything and allowing yourselves in your 20s to just have that moment to explore. And of course, going back to elementary school, allowing them to explore, introduce them to, to whatever, take them places. Uh, and I think we should be connecting with each other as well as trying to you know, figure out, well, how can we do this and not have it be a financial burden? Come together you know, and figure out how to be the best to your children. Um, and for us, older people, seasoned people, um, that we need to, you know, also fall back, listen. Uh, things have changed and kind of try to catch up with, with what's going on as well. But there has to be, you know, just some kind of connection to us all where we are supportive, where we are doing our jobs to introduce our children to the possibilities of whatever their hearts and minds desire. Yeah, I like how you really focused on like exposure. Um, I think just again, when I have to be honest, when I was looking at Kamala, I thought about when I was younger and I watched um, the show A Different World. It's a different world. And um, it was a show about um, a, a young African-American woman going to college and her experiences at an HBCU and how it just kind of changed the way I thought about the possibilities. Again, seeing... Um, seeing black people on TV, going to college, matriculating, graduating, it made such a difference. So I think 
to your point about exposure, I think that that's something that's really important for women of color and for us to see, again, the wide gamut of possibilities that are out there. We're not just one thing. And I love that you said that. So thank you. Um, now I think I want to go around to Sierra. Sierra, I think I'll ask you the same question. When you think about um, our young people, when you, and I know that you, uh, through your business, Masterpiece Creative Group, you work with uh, young women and, some, and many young women of color, of course. Um, what do you think about this? What would your advice be or your encouragement be um, to young women? What, what would you say to them um, in light of what we saw at the inauguration and thinking about all that it meant to have Kamala Harris uh, become the Vice President of the United States? So I think the most amazing thing about what we saw on Inauguration Day is it was a compilation of a lot of people having what I like to call masterpiece moments um, in that sense of they have reached, you know, what what looks to me like the combination of all of their giftings and the perfect timing coming together Um you know, the reason why my business is called Masterpiece Creative Group is because I really like to teach people to know and love and understand the process of being made, right? When you talk about, you know, in our beginning stages, we don't look like much, right? Whether that's a clump of clay or, you know, a canvas with just a couple of strokes on it. Um, that beginning process looks nothing like the middle, looks nothing like whatever our ending would be, which, you know, when we're in Christ, that is, you know, when we get to the end and we are with him, you know, for eternity. But all along that process, we're being made. All along that process, there are points in that in that journey where we can say, oh, my gosh, this is brilliant. This is beautiful. Right. And I think we got to see Kamala have a this is brilliant. This is a beautiful moment. I think we got to see Amanda Gorman have a this is brilliant. This is beautiful moment where all of their gifts and talents came together for us to celebrate and honor them. But then for them also to inspire us to look at ourselves and see, oh, my gosh, like there's something inside of me that is just as amazing. And so that is what I love to show. Um our young girls of color, you know, especially as I was listening to Joy talk, like I think about my daughter. Um, I have a nine-year-old. We've got, you know, we've got four girls between us, but my specifically that day I was with my nine-year-old and I pulled her off of school to have her come and watch this, you know, spectacle of what it means to be a powerful black woman. Um, and she didn't understand it. She was frustrated because she's a type A like her mama and she needed to be able to get her math lesson done. But at the same time, I was like, no, sis, like you got to see this. And what it has allowed me to do is it has allowed her for, you know, for her to be able to see and to say Amanda Gorman, like she knows who she is now. And although my daughter's gift isn't poetry per se, we don't know if down the road that might be something that she becomes interested in and, you know, becomes great at. Or even if it's just something that helps her to learn to express herself as she goes through life journeys, that's okay, too. But the thing that I love, you know, and I felt like was the most obvious connection is my baby. She's a. She's our little sewist. She loves to sew. You know, it's one of the things I like to share quite often is her creative ventures. And so we got to specifically look at and talk about the, fa the fashion that we saw on that day. You know, everybody had to talk about how Michelle Obama slayed, right? But then I also was able to introduce her to Sergio Hudson. Like, this is a Black man, right, that created those fashions. And if you go on his uh, social media pages and on his website, you can see sketches of what this was before we saw her walking in it. And so for her, you know, I hope to be able to just inspire her to, you know, learn to try this out. Cause that's the big part of it. Like she could love this now, but when she's a 20 or 30 year old woman, there could, you know, 
this may not be what she's doing, but what I want her to see is the possibilities. And I love that you all brought that up because that's really what it's all about. You know, the little things that she loves now, and I tell her this, and it's the thing that I also like to teach, you know, these young women when I get the opportunity to work with them is all this that you're trying and knowing and loving and learning right now are the breadcrumbs that are going to help you to develop to, into who it is that you're supposed to be. And so, you know, you talk about Amanda Gorman's story, you know, the other piece that we need to see and celebrate is the fact that she um, was a young lady who has had to be in special education classes throughout her childhood. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's something that normally and typically could discount somebody or, you know, allow them to be pushed to the side. But she talked so much in the interview that she did on inauguration night about how she had taken upon herself to push past these what would be limit, you know, limitations that people might want to put on her. Um, she talked about um, the song. There's a song, I guess, from Hamilton that she liked to sing over and over again because it had so many R's in it. And that was a challenge that she had. And so in singing that song, you know, she showed resilience. She showed perseverance, you know, in pushing past this limitation and look at where it brought her, you know. And so it may not we may not at all have inaugural moments, but there's something that is going to come along in life that is going to be this beautiful compilation of all of the trials and all the experiences that you had. And so I think for our young girls, I just, you know, hoped and prayed that this was the day that they could see that literally anything is possible and nothing can stop what God has for you. And so it was a beautiful day. I think that was a powerful point that you made because I know for me, um, after learning about Amanda Gorman, hearing her name and thinking how important she is and just the fact that she was there, I also did a lot of research um, about her. I went to her um, Instagram page. I went to her biography and all of those things. And um, when I heard that she actually uh, dealt with a, a bit of a speech impediment um, mm -hmm. as a child, I was like, this incredibly polished and beautiful young queen has a speech impediment. Like I could see no traces of it. I was just enthralled by her, by her intelligence and her ability um, to articulate and, and the way in which she expressed the words that she used. And I thought that's going to be important for others um, who may have, again, like you talked about something that would be viewed as a limitation. I'm not even going to call it a limitation something that could be viewed as such, uh, just to know that there's no mountain that's insurmountable when you have a passion for a thing and when you love a thing. And so I, I agree with you 100%. I think that was something very important to point out. And thank you for kind of pulling that out because I don't know, we have listeners, uh, I'm sure that those who listen to this, there, there may be folks who maybe have a child uh, who is uh, navigating special education or has an IEP or whatever. So I hope that they will feel in this moment, again, what you said, anything is possible right thank you so much for that sierra and now i'm going to come around uh to miss doris uh miss doris i want to just ask you the kind of the same question um i know that you come at this with kind of a unique perspective because you have been blessed enough to be able to see several transitions of power several changes um that have happened um in the world and and you've seen the progress that women of color and people of color have made um down through some number of years um so so what do you think if if for the young girls and the young women who will listen to this podcast what kind of advice would you give or encouragement would you give to them um in, uh, in reflection of what we saw at the inauguration well i would advise the young girls to take advantage of every opportunity that is presented to them 
because we are more than song and dance. We can do more than sing and dance, okay? Not everyone had the opportunity, but if you have the opportunity to take advantage of it, to read, and yes, dream, because you can be anything that you set your heart to be. So, and I would uh, advise the parents to expose the children. We never had that opportunity, my generation. But this generation and the generations to come have so much more. They have such an advantage. So I would uh, encourage the uh, young people to just study and to learn all that they can learn and to uh, be exposed to the different things of life. There's more, like I said, than singing and dancing, <clears throat> being a uh, singer or being a movie star or whatever. You can be anything that you set your heart to. And the main thing that I would suggest to them is to keep God in the forefront because with God, all things are possible. And they might even keep a vision board. There's nothing wrong with putting your dreams up so that you can uh, study them and think about them. Because today you may want to be one thing, tomorrow it may be something else, depending on what you've been exposed to. So uh, my main thing would be to take advantage of every opportunity and keep God in the forefront. I like that. And, and I like the word that you use, Ms. Doris. You said opportunities and just to take advantage of those. I think that that's a really important message. And, and I would even go so far as to say, even if it's something that you've never seen anyone do before, um, like you said, with God, we know all things are possible. And so taking advantage of opportunities, I think, position you uh, for your next. And so, so that's really important. Thank you all so much for that. I'm going to throw it back to Charlize. You know, I was listening to everything you all said, and I, there's there's a couple of points I wanted to bring out. I have a 12-year-old daughter, and I made sure she knew the importance of this moment. And when you're talking about opportunities, there's some opportunities that my daughter may not want to participate in, but I encourage her to do it anyway, and sometimes I make her do it. Like right now, she's downstairs on Black Achievers Cluster. Because you need to know everything about college and career. You need to be exposed to different um, thoughts. You also need cultural activities. You need those things. So, yes, you'll be in Black Achievers. But it's also something that we haven't mentioned yet is mentorship. The importance of having women mentor women. It is very important. I know for a fact I wouldn't be where I am in my career, in my faith, and even in my marriage, if it were not for mentors who spoke life into me and encouraged me, but also corrected me when I needed to be corrected. And so we need to have those honest conversations, too. We have to be mature enough to accept when somebody tells us, oh, you know, you're a little bit out of alignment or you're walking on the wrong path. We need to be mature enough to be able to say, OK, I respect what you're 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 telling me and then be an example for someone else. So I did want to bring that point up. And Charlotte, yes. Um, I just want to say that it's, I believe that it's those moments that um, help us to grow the most. I think it's not been the moments that folks have said, you did a great job that have helped me grow the most, but the moments that they have challenged me uh, that have really helped me grow. So I think that was an excellent point. Absolutely. And, and I think I also have to have to bring this up. I remember when I was in higher education and I was trying to go to my next level and there was a woman in a very, very high position. Um, and someone went to her on my behalf and asked her to help me and she wouldn't. Mm. And at the time 
it hurt my feelings because I was like, I can't believe she doesn't want to help me. But sometimes you have to be able to respect somebody's no, because it means that they won't invest the time and support and energy into you. And you have to be okay with that. Everybody's not going to be a best fit for you in marriage or in mentorship. We have to be honest about that. And it did, it kind of, it stung a bit. But at the same time, I was able to get a mentor who said yes. And that's poured into me over and over and over again for years. So that's okay. That's okay. A no is okay. Just like a yes is okay. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Yes, Miss Doris. I'd just like to add for my generation and those that um, are below me that we need to take the time to listen to young people. Sometimes we think that they don't know what they want, what they're talking about, and we don't want to hear nothing they have to say, but we can learn from each other. So we need to take the time to listen and then act on what they're saying to us. Yeah, it's so Absolutely. important. It's so important that we cultivate these relationships for me. And I, I just cannot function without a sister circle. It's obvious when you look down my social media, anything, I am so pro-black woman and I'm unapologetic about that um and so I want us all to you know like just cultivate those relationships for me even my mother before social media my mother cultivated those relationships where now I have a mother but I also have other women who look at me as a daughter mm -hmm. and pray for me and look out for me and so I want to do those same things. I have all boys, but I still want to do those same things for my sons. Cultivate those relationships where I have a community that knows me, that loves me, will know my children and love my children and help my children. You yeah. know, as a whole entire village, that's what we need to do is start cultivating these relationships. Start giving more love. Mm. Start having more understanding. Start being more patient with each other. And not believing that we know everything based mm. on our age, based on our life experiences. We don't. Yes. Can I just add to, I think, um, you know, kind of circling back. I think when we talk about mentorship, that's another beautiful thing about, you know, specifically black sororities and fraternities. Like, you know, I'll be just as open to say, like, you don't see um, adults outside of that undergrad experience, you know, in the majority culture and, you know, you know, you don't see a lot of white people walking around with sorority and fraternity letters after they have left undergrad, right? But for us, this is a, an opportunity for, you know, those mentorship relationships to be built and sustained. You know, I think about the opportunities that I have within this community to now be connected to women that obviously are like-minded, right? Because we're part of this same, you know, Greek letter organization. Um, and so we have some of the same common goals, but I have um, now the opportunity to sit and listen to women who have been a part of this community for, you know, whether that be short or long periods of time, but have different amounts of wisdom to pour into me and other women, you know, who may be my age and then even younger um, within these opportunities that we have within our sorority. And so um, I think, you know, just going back to the fact that just, you know, these Black Greek letter organizations, we do get the opportunity to mentor. And I think that that is a part of our community as a whole. Like we don't just, you know, the mentorship opportunity doesn't stop after you've reached a certain age. You know, I think we are wonderful about intentionally reaching out and seeking 
and, you know, receiving, you know, I know I can speak to myself personally, like I, I consider it an honor to sit under who I have the opportunity to sit under, but then also, you know, the opportunity to do what I can to pour into those younger than me. And so, you know, just another way that our community is intentional about, you know, making sure that we all uplift one another. I think, you know, we just can't ignore it. Yes. Well, we are in our final piece of our show. So it's, this is our round robin section. So I'm going to ask a couple of questions and I'm going to toss it to somebody. Y'all ready? Okay. So Sierra, what is your favorite book or what is the book that you recommend? Because I know you're in a book club. <laughs> I am. I'm in a book club, and you probably see I I read just a little bit. Um, ooh. So I would actually say the book that we are reading right now in that book club is amazing. Um, it's called Learning to Be, and it is by Juanita Campbell Rasmus. She's out of Houston, Texas. Amazing book. It is about us just choosing to be instead of feeling like our identity is found in everything we do. So um, I know that's something that a lot of women you know, we deal with. And so it's been a great experience and a great book to read. Okay. Miss Joy, do you have a favorite sports team? Favorite sports team? You know, honestly, I do not at this time since my, uh, I have fallen back off of that. Now, if you had asked me this uh, about 20 years ago when <laughs> my boys were playing ball and I was all over the highways and byways going to AAU, <laughs> games and uh living in hotels uh every weekend and i would say that it was uh my kids high school team or of course when my uh, middle child went to northern kentucky i would be a go north you know uh all the way right now um i i don't get into that but i do put it out there that i want to talk to young women who have children in AAU programs and sports. I want to talk to them about the pitfalls of coaches taking advantage, the pitfalls of allowing your child to go be with a particular person based on the fact that they just really want to be all up in your son's or daughter's business because they're good players. Um, there were some things that happened that I put out there that I would want other single moms not to to deal with so no sports team but i'm all into you know anybody that wants to talk about you know the the aau circuit yes ma'am and guess what we're gonna come back to that one day because my daughter is a track star and she is in the circuit love to talk to you about it yes ma'am we travel we travel with her everywhere she goes and we're gonna we're gonna come back to that one day the importance of that so, Ms. Doris, let me ask you this. Do you have a favorite movie? Believe it or not, uh, my favorite movie, I would say, is Moonstruck because of the music in it. That's good. That's good. So, Miss Joy, I'm back to you. Do you have a favorite food? Ooh, I do. <laughs> and it's just, it's just been recent. And Yolanda's going to laugh at this. Because um, we've had some lunch dates and things. So uh, shrimp and grits is <laughs> my total favorite. Uh, Carson's has the best. 
And there was a place on Jefferson Street they used to make, and I can't think of the name, and it closed down. So I had to go find it somewhere. And so I gave Carson a try, and it was delicious. So favorite food? Yes, shrimp and grits. And I will be real with you as well. I'm a I'm a, an avid wine drinker. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't use the word avid, but I I enjoy a good glass of wine. No, I, I too am avid. I am okay. <laughs> maybe I should maybe I should keep it real, but yeah, yeah, I, I love a good glass of wine. Nice. <laughs> so, Sierra, I'm kicking it back to you. What is on your music playlist? Because again, I know you have one. Oh, buddy, yes. So, actually, the last couple of days, I have really been listening. So, after inauguration, I don't know if y'all saw, but they did that concert at the end, um, yeah. and there was a group called the Black Pumas that grabbed my attention. Y'all, and I got goosebumps just talking about them. Y'all got to check out the song Colors, okay, which is what they actually performed that night. But it's this blues, punky feel. Um, it's a really diverse band. Um, so check them out for sure. Um, so that's really like kind of what's in rotation. I also have to shout out my favorite local hip hop artist, if I do say so myself. Um, I was, you know, actually had his uh, Divine Karama is my husband. Um, and he's got his Worshiping in the Wilderness album that came out over the summer that um, really tells the story of some of the challenges that he personally has been through. But obviously I have um, walked alongside of him in. And so listening to that album has um, it was interesting walking through those moments with him. You see one thing, but seeing how he um, shared it through the music and through being a creator was something totally different. And so um, I have to give the shameless plug because, yes, of course, I'm listening to music. You're supposed to give the plug. That's right. right. <laughs> so, Miss Doris, this question is for you. If you could go back in time and meet someone, who would it be? You know, I have no idea. Uh, that's something to think about. Um, I honestly don't have an answer. You don't have an answer. That's okay. That's okay. So, Miss Yolanda, do you have an answer for that one? You know, I do. If I, <laughs> back time, I'm telling you, I, I, this is something that I've thought about. I thought um, it was, as you all know, we recently celebrated the birthday of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Um, but if I could go back in time and meet anybody, it was his wife, Coretta Scott King. I was um, reading a reflection that her daughter, Reverend Bernice King, gave about her mother, Coretta Scott. And I thought, I'm actually getting goosebumps. I thought, what an incredible conversation it would be to be able to sit down and eat a meal with Coretta Scott King really talk to her about the sacrifices that she made um, that made who Martin Luther King was possible. Um, because as many of you probably know, because I know that you're familiar with Coretta Scott King and of course with Dr. Martin Luther King, um, it would take a woman being very understanding, very sacrificial, very disciplined and committed um, in order to allow Dr. King to make the impression on the world that he made. And yet um, she does not always get her due diligence, I think, when his story is told. And so 
for me, I would love to, if I could have an opportunity to spotlight Coretta Scott King and to really hear her talk about what that journey was like, I think that would be incredible. That's good. That's good. At this time, Yolanda, I'm going to kick it back to you to close out our show. Well, listen, guys, this has been, first of all, an incredible conversation. Um, thank you all so much for being our, you know, it was one inauguration on Wednesday and today was our inaugural show. Um, of course, there were the nerves and the excitement and all those things that come with it. So I just want to thank uh, Joy Boltonberry, Sierra Spalding, um, and Miss Doris, uh, just for making this an easy conversation, Miss Doris Coffee. This has been an incredible conversation. So I just thank you all for joining us today as we continue to just shape a, a dialogue around real life issues and real talk solutions. Um, and I just want to encourage everyone, please like and follow our social media pages on Facebook and YouTube and our podcasts on Anchor and Podcast Player. Um, we thank you all so much and join us next time as we strive to be authentic, transparent, and be inspired. Thank you.